0: Y'all got any good library stories? Mm.
1: Uh, the size not going much.
0: I was, a, I was a dork in high school. And when, when my friend Jacob and I would first come to school, we would meet in the library and we would go and look at the sports page, the Dallas Morning News from the day before and talk baseball and talk uh, football or whatever sport was going on at the time. And we would do that up and for about 15 minutes up until our first period class. But while everybody was outside talking and socializing and doing all this stuff, he and I were the only two students in the library and we were looking at the sports page. So that's my library story.
1: I guess, I guess uh, my experience with libraries was basically the computer lab and Oregon trail growing up.
0: (laughs) Yes. And then
1: also the book fair that came once once a year or twice remember those
2: yeah I remember about 2010 or so I found out that you could play Oregon Trail for free online and yeah. uh, we were in the I was in the newsroom at the Herald and I had all of us on a journey and it was always like you know like Billy would get cholera but John for, for <laughs> some reason you were always complaining about the length of the journey
1: <laughs> I mean it was, yeah, I, I think that's what I would have been doing <laughs> So hot. Why are the flies so bad?
0: Unfortunately, (laughs) uh, I'm a a child of the eighties, and I remember was One of the first computer games we all had, but I don't recall playing that game that much. I, I think it frustrated me.
1: I think I played, remember Odell Lake? I played it, yeah, no, I yeah,
0: didn't that.
1: that was yeah. where you had to do math problems to catch fish, right?
2: Yeah, and then there was like fraction munchers, yeah,
1: yeah. and now well. kids <laughs> blow up entire cities on their Call of Duty games,
0: yeah. Uh, I mean. The library. When I went to college, the library was where we had our first um, internet. No, lab. we don't want to hear that story. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we had our we had our first lab, and and you had to go to this lab to check your email. That's how old I am. You couldn't. Eventually, you could change it. You could check it from your room, but at we first, did. to access email, you had to go to this computer lab. Ain't that weird? Yep.
1: We didn't have email in high school, and then when we got to college, we had it.
0: And they were long, ridiculously long. Like mine was ligget, be my social security number at <laughs> email.titan.sfasu.edu. <dot> <laughs> <dot> <laughs> so high school
2: students have email now. And yeah, I learned Clara this. has one. Does she? Yeah, well, I have like a
0: user. My, my kids have one too.
2: Right. I, it's um, a- back in, a- about a year ago when Crystal Lambert interviewed AJ Bulware for us, the
1: yeah.
2: running back at Lee County high school, I reached out to him to see if I could get some pictures, I think. And I, I said, I would email him or something. And anyways, I tried to email him and it got bounced back because I was a grown man trying to interview or to email a <laughs> high school kid. And I realized, yeah. you know, that's probably a pretty good protocol to have in place.
0: Yeah, definitely. My kids have to do Google classrooms. And so they have, I don't yeah, know if it's through good. us or what, but they have Google accounts now. Yeah. So that
1: brings it, up an interesting topic. What are we going to do about schools? Have you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that they're virtual, but we haven't really received a lot of information. Have you guys?
0: No. Well, um, I don't think Gordon has because Gordon didn't care. <laughs>
2: well, I care, but I don't have children. <laughs> no, I, I did. I did interview um, Chris Dossenbach who is the assistant superintendent for curriculum and instruction. He gave me a lot of uh, a lot of good information about how the virtual school is going to work. And it's, you know, you have to think about it this way when we went into quarantine and the school shut down, everybody was kind of flying by the seat of their pants and anything was better than nothing. But they, to be fair to them, they have had a whole summer to expect that this may be, the way school opened and prepare accordingly, and yeah, they yeah. um they had to they had to develop a pretty rigorous plan. And that, yeah, that it was sounds
0: important. like it's it sounds like it's a lot more. I'm not saying it was unorganized last time. It's like you said, it was sudden, and you had teachers who had to go 100 percent online within a week. Yeah. Now that they've had some time to think about it, and uh, um, kind of seems like they're still going to have their classrooms but they will, and I guess that's all done in case we do get a chance to go back and there will be some order there. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, that starts in two or three weeks, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. The 17th, 17th. That's actually when I start going back to work full time. That's 11
1: days, yeah.
0: I have to go back to work full time on August 17th. And um, originally that was something that, I was looking forward to, but the more I stayed home, the more I liked okay. staying home. <laughs> so, I'm not looking I went, forward to it.
1: So we haven't started started back full time, but I went back yesterday to do a lot of stuff I can't do in the office. And it was really nice. <laughs> I, I miss <laughs> I miss having my big screens and my, you know, an office and I got so much more done.
0: Yeah, but but the drive, I don't miss the yeah, drive. I don't, I don't miss either. wearing clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did go I in in my flip flops. I have dress shoes I haven't worn since the day we left. So, yeah, me yeah. neither. I bought a pair of dress
1: shoes and they haven't been worn yet.
0: So, who's uh, our guest today, Gordon?
2: Our guest is Lee County Library Director Beth List. The library is doing a lot of cool things in general. Uh, before the pandemic, and I thought it would be interesting to talk to her about the ways that they've had to adapt to being closed to walk-in traffic, but still open and providing a service. I've, I've, as I tell Beth in the upcoming interview, I've totally rediscovered the library. I hadn't been in a long time, um, but I've I've been doing more reading, and I realize there's there's no reason to have to buy everything when i can go check it out for free so
3: that's you ever. That's what
0: was my, your family ever the go get the vhs from the library oh yeah family from the library oh yeah yeah, yeah. I think yeah we mine did mine did too.
1: see we grew up in the country i didn't even know that was an option <laughs> we didn't have a library anywhere near us but we did have that video store
0: I apologize in advance. You're going to hear me ask her some pretty stupid questions, and that's just because Gordon asked all the good ones, and so I was. Gordon I was took all with, the good ones. I was yeah, left out, with crumbs.
2: Out, <laughs> outflanked you, Billy. <laughs> Welcome to our guest this week. Uh, Lee County Library Director Beth List. Um, Beth, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the job, and, and what it is that you do.
3: Uh, well, I'm the Director of Library Services for Lee County. Uh, I've been here, it'll be, actually it is three years. I started in July 17, um, mm-hmm. came from New York, which most people now know, um, and I was a library director up there for about three years, but I've been in libraries for almost 10 Um I've got, um, three kids, married.
2: Very cool. Um, Very cool. Well, one of the, I've, I've had some friends who did library work and one of the things I think a lot of people don't know is, I mean, it requires some, some advanced degrees and lots of studying. What's your uh, educational background?
3: uh, Well, I have a couple degrees. Um, I got my associates at a community college up in New York. I have my bachelor's in English from SUNY Brockport from New York. Um, I have my master's in education, elementary ed, um, from Nazareth College, and I have my library science uh, master's from Clarion University.
2: Very cool. Very cool. Well, one of the reasons I thought it would be fun to have you on is because the pandemic has sort of helped me rediscover the library. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I just, I mean, I've been doing more reading than I had been, and I thought, you know what, I don't need to be buying these books, and uh, so I, you know, I started getting the, the... picking up books curbside and you know renewing them online that sort of thing what has what has the pandemic been like for the library
3: oh um well when you take a live public library that is uh, people predominantly all the time in the building and then you tell us that we can't have the people in the building anymore um it takes some getting used to
2: yeah um
3: you know, we've been working on offering more digital resources and making people aware of the digital resources that we have available. Um, but we weren't at a place, I think when this all happened that enough people in the County know about it. Um, we went from, gosh, when we closed down, we went from allowing people in the building to browse, to being completely shut down, sent staff home. And then we reopened with the curbside service, um, and I'm hoping that the word is getting out because it's been so long and a lot of people are using the resources and going on social media and talking about the library and what we're offering. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, But it's still a struggle to get the word out there. When you don't have that in person, especially in When um, you don't have that you know, face-to-face contact with people and the ability to hand someone a piece of paper that says, hey, these are all the events going on. Uh, it's difficult to share the information of what we're still doing. Right. Um, and we're offering uh, online programming almost every day. Um, and we have the curbside service. Uh, we have a print from home where people can print right from their home computer and then come to the library and pick it up. Um, the Wi-Fi in the parking lot is free. You
2: can uh-huh. sit in the parking
3: lot 24 seven and use our Wi-Fi with no issue. Oh, wow. um, so there's a lot going on. I just, I think that we are having, we're still struggling with that communication piece of getting the information out there to the people who can use it.
2: Well, here's your chance. <laughs> yeah,
3: yes. Thank you.
2: Um, <laughs> What kind of you mentioned um, online programming that happening almost every day? What can you give us some examples?
3: Um, story time happens every day. We have a mini okay. story time every day um, at eleven o'clock, except for Wednesdays. And Wednesdays we offer it at ten a.m. and that's our that's our theme story time. Um, so it's a little bit longer, and it, it'll either have a craft or Miss um, Delisa, Delisa does uh, finger plays and puppets. So she extends that a little bit longer, maybe beyond 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But every day we have a story time. Um, right now it's summer reading. So we have summer reading programs. We offer a STEAM uh, video on Wednesdays. I brought cheat sheets here. Um, we have uh, STEAM for Kids on Wednesdays at 1 o'clock that's posted on Facebook. And it premieres on uh, our YouTube channel. Okay. And then we have a arts and crafts uh, workshop that we do on Mondays. Um, and that's at one o'clock as well. And then we have science for kids on Thursdays at one o'clock. So just posted and we've been doing a monthly history club, um, which is primarily for children, but it's actually, we've opened it up so that the audience can be, um, all ages. Uh, we just reviewed ancestry.com, uh, that we offer through the library. And normally you have to be in-house to use it, but, mm-hmm. um, ProQuest is now offering it, um, online from home you just have to go through our library website to access it um and, and then there's arts in, i'm sorry
2: i just wanted to clarify all this stuff is is accessible through the the lee county library website
3: website and our facebook page i push okay. the facebook page because that is active uh, throughout the entire day um, but we also have instagram and then we have our youtube channel so yeah okay. all the program is on all three um accessible through all three and um, the website has links for everything.
2: And what's the what's the handle for the social it's media? It's
3: uh library.leecountync.gov. Okay. And you can access that through the county website as well.
0: Okay. Okay. Hey Beth, did- this is Billy. Um, sorry John, I'm going to I'm going to I was first. <laughs> uh, uh, my family also recently I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say rediscovered uh, We've been big fans of the library, but we've been using it a lot more And uh, in the last few years with, when my children got a reading age. Um, I want to bring up, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a question, I just want to bring up, it's a lot more than just the books about what you offer on the internet. Um, my kids have attended several readings at the library um, before all the, the pandemic and everything. Uh, one of my best memories is with my daughter. We did, uh, did an escape room at the library and uh it was incredibly difficult it was (laughs) it was really well done and uh she and i spent two days doing it we had to come back for the second day and i tell you when when we finally got to the end of it she was beaming it was the happiest moment of her life sadly (laughs) but but yeah i just want to say that the library is much more than than the books and the the internet and i just want to ask you uh what other outreach um, events you have or, or whether it's events, whether it's um, escape rooms and things like that. And, and why is that important to the community? So
3: that's a loaded question um, because it's, very, it's different um, whether we're allowed to have people in person in the library versus doing everything virtually. Right. Um, but the connections that we make, like you just said with your daughter is huge. Um, and it gives people an opportunity to do that um, whether it's with their children, with their spouses, with other community members. So the library really, you know, i it may be cliche, but I often say that it's like the living room of the community where everybody can kind of come in and figure out what they want to do for the day and then find other people of like mind. Um, and it's not all just readers. And you're right. I mean, I my children, I actually have three children, only one reads. Um, mm-hmm. and the other two, I'm lucky I can get them to read a book a, a year. Yeah. So... But they love to come in and they, you know, the kids, we have the artwork that from the high schools that we put up on the wall so the kids can see themselves up there. Um, and then it also informs the rest of the community members that, you know, that art is going on in the schools. Um, you know, it gives people accessibility that they may not have in, from the, you know, the comforts of their own home. Um, you know, between the books, the DVDs, um, the reference materials, computer use, the Wi-Fi, um, the programs that we offer, it gives people connections, and it also kind of opens people's minds up to explore and discover more, to, to, to learn more about what they're interested in or to try it out before they commit to it. Um, so that's where that's my goal. we' we're, 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 we're approaching that, but I want we we can do more and we will do more.
2: My first but, indication that, there was a lot of cool things going on was it's probably been a year or two ago but you guys had the uh like the comic con there Mm -hmm. and I just thought that was really cool and I don't know if that's a common thing for libraries these days I spent a lot of time in libraries as a kid but I just thought it was so cool that those things are happening and and they're not happening right now but when we're out of pandemic what sorts of events of that type do you foresee having
3: well glad you brought it up
2: (laughs) <laughs>
3: um, we're actually going to offer our pop virtually this year. Okay. Um, and we actually have uh, a pretty decent lineup. Um, and we, we were able to, um, schedule Mark Ryan. He's an actor, writer, and a master swordsman. And he's in Europe right nice. now, but he's going to do a virtual, um, interview with us. And we're going to be able to Facebook it live. Um, so it, it's scheduled for Saturday, um, the 22nd of August And staff will be here in person to um, Zoom meet with the the actor and then a couple other people that we have lined up. Um, And then folks can tune in through Facebook to be able to ask questions or just to watch the interviews and get some Mm -hmm. information. There's going to be some, there's going to be a costume contest. It's virtual. I just posted that on our Facebook page today. Um, And there's going to be some activities and prizes to to win. um, I think Allison who's organizing all of this. Um, She just sent out um, some materials for uh, Mark Ryan to sign for us. So those will be prizes that we'll offer. But um, it's not, back to the original question, it's not common, but it's being done a lot more. Uh Um, The the trend of libraries being more than just books is very common um, across the country. Um, and in, actually in the world, there's other libraries in other countries that are way ahead of us in what they offer. Um, some libraries don't even have books. They're, they're tech cafes or they're, you know, they're just for programming. Um, so it's that, again, that back to that connection and, and trying to appeal to whatever someone's looking for, not just the readers of the world.
1: And I guess that's kind of what I was going to ask about. Uh, just the change in role of the library and the community, uh, especially with, people having to work from home now, I guess you'd probably see more people using your Wi-Fi and things too, right? Um.
3: Be, shockingly, I didn't think it was, we did an infographic to see where we were at with numbers to see it, how where the drop was. The drop, w- which we expected, the drop was in registrations for summer reading. Um, it's not in person. And then our drop was with checked out books. Um, we dropped from Considerable. It was about 11,000 last year. We were about 3,000 this year for July, the month of July. But our digital material numbers went up, which we expected. And then our um, Wi-Fi hits actually stayed the same. And I had okay. actually thought they would drop. Um, so it's how many times people are signing into our Wi-Fi every day. Um, when you log in, our, all of our computers are hardwired when you're in-house. But if you use your phone or smart pad or whatever um, out in the parking lot, that we track and the numbers are pretty similar to what what they were before we closed and i was surprised pleasantly surprised so they're still using it
0: can we talk uh can we talk library misconceptions real quick (laughs) because uh um, sure (laughs) yeah uh i I was uh i was in chapel hill recently their library is great um Ah, library is great too uh they they they're much different than the places I remember growing up in the early eighties uh, of, of what a library was. However, um, there are a lot of library cliches. Um, do you still have to sh a lot of people <laughs> in the library? Do you have to be quiet in the library? This is, this is a question that's killing me.
3: Are you asking specifically to Lee County?
0: Anywhere. Yeah. Do you, do you, um, it's it a lot of people? <laughs> like, do you have um, to put your, put your glasses on and put your hair up and walk up and, and uh, point a finger at Again, um, it depends <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: a terrible um, the acoustics are terrible in this building if you've been in this building um so you could you know be in the other end of the library and have a, a whisper conversation and i would hear you up at the desk um but no actually when i came on um, i shocked my staff when i said no we're not shushing people okay. um this is a place of activity and i expect kids to we have we have toys in our children's area um, I expect people to have conversations and, and you know, we have tutors that come in and we have folks that come in just to visit. We have a, a gentleman that comes in and play chess. I expect conversation. I expect noise. I expect, you know, play and, 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 and interaction. Um, so shushing people. No, I won't, I won't do it. Um, now we, if you come in screaming and running around my library, yeah, I might say something to you. Have what?
0: we moved beyond the Dewey decimal system yet?
3: No, no, no. I'm kind of, I'm, Yeah. That's, <laughs> although it makes absolutely no sense. No, it doesn't. Um, I'm kind of married to it and I just, I, I love the organization of it. Um, and even though, like I said, you, you, if you look at it, you're like, why is that number, that number? There is no reason. Um, but that's what it is. So I know that I can go to the, I think the 640s and know that's cooking. And, and that's where I will point people to. And final dumb
0: question. How much does a library make off late fees or do we even do that anymore?
3: So there's a huge, huge push to go find free. Um, Chapel Hill just did it. Uh, Greensboro Library just did it. Wake County. Um, I don't know if this is something I'm supposed to talk about or not, but I will be presenting that probably next year to our commissioners. Um, And what does that mean? It means that you can check a book (laughs) out and if you're late, you don't get slapped on the rest of the fine. You keep the book, bring it back when you can, please. Um, and the only time we would actually charge you would be because you need to replace the book because you didn't bother to return it.
0: Okay.
3: So that's that's Hence my. The
0: goal. Hence the name. It's
3: the name. Fine free. Fine I'm just, free. I'm
1: just picking on Billy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I
0: just didn't know if uh, if if, at, if after a while you just assume that they have purchased the book and so you would charge them for the, for the book.
3: Like yeah. Essentially, that's what it is. Um, I think it's more of a barrier to charge fines and people will just not return the books and never come back. I would rather see people come back and either return the book, even if it's a year late, and start using the library again.
2: Okay. I, I think you guys are not charging fines in the pandemic. Is that correct?
3: We just resumed charging fines um, as after June 2nd, but we okay. offer auto renewals, which is a huge help. Um, so if you've got items out and you don't bring them back to the library. If they're not needed by another person, they'll auto renew and you okay. don't to worry about it. And then we also have an eight day grace period going on right now because we are quarantining the books when they're returned in the book drop. Right.
1: So I have a question about this ancestry.com thing you mentioned. <laughs>
3: I'll try to So help. I, I have an account, right. And
1: I was really into it and it,
0: it started like charging me hundreds of dollars. <laughs>
1: so I stopped
0: using it. We were all into that for like, was it about, Eight or nine years ago, remember that we Yeah. We- so yeah.
1: so I can come to the library's website or go to the library's website and use it. Is that
3: Yes, you could, but it wouldn't be a personal account. So you wouldn't be able to create a family oh, okay. tree. You could do okay. research, you could look up anything you wanted to, but you wouldn't basically be able to save any of your personal information in that.
2: Okay, so okay. You can still do the sense. research though, okay. Yeah, yep.
3: yeah
0: that's cool. Well
2: oh, Beth, and- one thing
0: I
1: I
2: wanted I, to ask I, I, you.
0: about. I, <laughs> we're still, we we're still figuring our, out we how to. We have how to raise your hand. hand option on here, but we don't use it. Uh, yeah. Gordon, go ahead. It's probably the same question I had.
2: Well, I wanted to ask about, we wrote last summer about the um, parks and recreation bond for the sports complex that would have at the time, the plan was to also have a vote for a new library facility. And I know that, the library facility was removed from that vote. What is, what's the status of, of that? Is the plan still to have a combined facility with CCCC or can you even talk about it?
3: Um, I, I, there's not much to talk about. It's not uh, dead in the water. Um, it was separated from the sports complex. That'll go to vote. Um, and then the library itself, the new library is part of the capital improvement plan, which is public knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. So there, it is still on, you know, it's still on the slate to be discussed and the board unanimously agreed that it was something that needs to be done. Just the timing of when is, when it's going to be done. Um, And with the CCCC combo, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where that stands.
0: I was going to ask about um, not what Gordon said, but it it kind of rides off something Gordon's been doing a lot lately, which was going back and and doing research for stories that we do. And uh, before the pandemic, the library was, a great place for us to go to go through old papers and and things like that. So, uh, what what is how do you see the role of a library as the local historian?
3: Selective, I think that it it really falls to the staff to determine what is valuable and to stay within the collection. A lot of things are going digital, so we are microfilming the Sanford Herald still, um, but we are also getting. Uh, digital copies made of it as well. So my, my goal is that I think that that's where we're headed. Um, I think there's value to microfilm, um, not just the nostalgia of it, but it, it just, you know, being able to come in the library and be able to look at the real paper or look at the microfilm is helpful and make photocopies from that. Um, digital gets a little messy, but um, being able to sit from sit at home, especially now with the pandemic and how things are going to evolve and change as we move forward, um, being able to access some of the library resources from home will be huge so I, I do see that happening as well
2: so the, so the all the old newspapers can be accessed digitally
3: No not yet, not yet? Um, okay. we're just we're purchasing the rights to be able to do that mm-hmm. um, when we have the uh, the gentleman does the microfilming um, changing it over from the paper to the microfilm um, he's also putting it on a uh, I think it's a us uh, like a thumb drive. Um, so that we could do that down the road. So it is something that we are looking into. Just it's one of those projects that with everything going on, just yep. got shelved and we'll deal with that later.
2: Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, um, is there anything else, anything coming up that you want to tease? I mean, we will, we'll need to um, write something about the uh, the pop con on the weekend of the 22nd. I didn't realize that was coming up so close, but is there yeah. anything else that you want listeners to know about or understand or attend
3: um, the biggest thing is, is just putting out there to, to check out our website. Our website is really just chock full of information about what the library offers now and offers when we are, when the doors open. Um, and when you, when we do open, that's where you'll find out the dates and times and all that. Cause it obviously will be a transitional thing when we do open the doors. Um, you know, so being, you know, we can promote, our social media, the Instagram page, and our Facebook page, and our website—that would be fantastic. Um, and that you know, we have those programs, those online programs offered every week, and they're on the YouTube channel. Everything is recorded and stays on there. Um, PopCon—if you can't be available on Saturday, the twenty-second—then it'll be it'll be recorded and it'll be on uh, our YouTube channel after that, so that can be watched at any time. Um, summer reading still going strong for us. So if you're you, know, you don't have to start at the beginning of the year you you can uh, register anytime up through august 29th Um, and we are doing prizes kids can um, everything is on our website the logs the registration form you can print it all at home or you can set up a curbside service uh, pickup and we'll have it all for you in a bag and you can get your prizes for reading Um, there's raffles it's all and then again all on our website
2: okay awesome Awesome. Well, did you guys have any other questions before we finish up here?
0: No, I just know uh, libraries have been budget cuts in some cities and some towns. And uh, that's unfortunate because they're um, extremely useful, highly resourceful, and uh, um, are only becoming more important as uh, as technology improves. So I'm glad to see we're still going strong. What's a good book or series of books
1: for, <laughs> for, for an eight-year-old girl? <laughs>
3: Um, the babysitters club books are really, really hot right now. Um, the series just came out on Netflix. So it's in those books. I read those when I was a kid and yeah, I loved I them. Those. Um, okay. and it was funny cause my, my girls are 17 and we watched the, um, Netflix series, the first two episodes and they are like, get us all the books at the library right now. <laughs> um, and I realized that we didn't have them all. So we've been purchasing them to restock the series. So that would be really want a series. That would be it eight-year-old okay. girl
0: uh, i think lord of the rings is where she oh. was. yeah <laughs> tom
1: clans <laughs> <laughs> and punishment yeah
2: <laughs> well beth thank you so much for joining us today um
3: thanks for having you, me I appreciate yeah,
2: it yeah yeah uh,
0: So if I may, um, I wanted to, Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to use this podcast to quickly address um, something that uh, was newsworthy here in, in Sanford. It was on the front page of the Sanford Herald, I believe Tuesday. And that was the demolition of the uh, historic home at 223 Hillcrest Drive. And in full disclosure, um, and I hate that people know this now because my involvement in this has led for people to know where I live. But I live somewhere near this house. (laughs) I won't say right next to it, but it's very close to this house. And uh, um, and I wanted to just, I'm not going to go really long into it because... The demolition happened, Um, we are happy that it did. Uh, This was a a long time fight for the neighbors and the community um, surrounding this house. Um, And so uh, we were glad to see that that the house did finally come down, but there were also uh, a lot of, um, there was a lot of controversy about it. And so I just wanted to, if I may, if you guys wouldn't mind, can can I talk about it a little bit? Is is that okay? Or uh, my wife was pregnant with our first child, <laughs> and so that child is about to turn eleven years old. So while she was pregnant with this child, uh, we were asleep one night and we smelled smoke. And originally, I think we thought something in our house was on fire, but like before, we had even a chance to um, really search. We heard a really loud knock on our door. And we ran to our door and uh, um, they're pretty frantic and they said that their house was burning. And so we, we walk outside and sure enough, um, this house, this two story historic home, which if uh, if you're not familiar with um, the historic district in Sanford, uh, Hillcrest Drive is a it is what the street name says it is. It's, it's a hill. And this house kind of perches on top of that hill and it looks over the Rosemount McKeever historic district. And, uh, we loved this house from the beginning. And it's part of the reason um, why we even chose to live in this neighborhood because we really loved the way this house looked. Um, unfortunately it wasn't for sale when we were house hunting, but we did the next best thing and bought a house near it. Um, anyways, it was, it was totally engulfed on the inside. The black smoke was kind of billowing out and, uh, and it was terrible. It was terrible scene. Um, the people that lived there were extremely distraught and, uh, the neighbors were distraught. Everybody, this was just a really sad night. And I remember waking up the next morning and there were still fire crews there um, kind of dousing it from the inside. So um, terrible fire. And um, again, I bring up that this was 11 years ago because 11 years is a very significant number. When, when we talk about the steps that have been taken in the last few weeks in the years immediately following um, the, the owners of the place uh, still lived in a, in parts of the house. I think not in the charred parts, but they lived in other parts of it without electricity, and uh, and that was an unfortunate situation too. And some of their and not us, but the, their direct neighbors were helping them with generators and running electricity to them. Um, eventually, they left, and they left behind the house. Uh, they left behind this this dog that was in a cage during brutally cold January, February months. And, uh, sometimes, um, someone would come by and feed it. Other times we were left to go feed the dog. It was kind of in its own filth. So that was one of the first things we started getting upset about. And then we started noticing kind of a feral cat problem. We started noticing the property wasn't being maintained. Um, we started eventually after a few years noticing that you had people congregating in this house and squatting in this house. And um, and we had crime problems around this house. And, and uh, the police were called out there several times over the last 10 years. And uh, so it just became a really big problem. And again, I'm gonna go back and say 11 years because uh, Jonathan and Gordon, if you lived next door to a house that had been gutted by a fire and stood vacant for 11 years, would you eventually say something about it? Am I crazy to suggest that that you would go to your city council and suggest that maybe something should be done about this house?
2: I don't have a personal stake in the whole issue and I think it's really sad, but I understand yeah. where, I don't wanna say you because it was not just you. Um, I understand where several neighbors were coming from.
1: So yeah. Well, you, um, we actually used to live close to this house. Remember Gordon? Oh yeah, y'all did. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah we, we did. About as close um, as you were.
2: That was back when we were townies. So yeah.
0: the, the process two dudes of, living together <laughs> the, the process of bothering our city councilman that goes back uh, several years, but nothing had ever been done. I mean, it was us calling and saying, Hey, um, remember us, there's this house rotting away next to us. Please do something about it. Um, you know, we would know people, we would know people in code enforcement we'd say, Hey, please, you know, look into this house. Um, we don't know what's going on with it. It's rotting away, et cetera, et cetera. So we finally in twenty nineteen, last year, um made some headway with it. And we met with the uh, code enforcement, Barbara McMillan with code enforcement. And we sat in her office and um, she had expressed to us that she'd been working on this house for a long time and that her predecessor had been working with this house for a long time. There was problems with uh, um, the will. The the woman who owned it eventually died in 2015 or 2016. I think it's 2016. And there was problems with the will. There wasn't a real clear um, understanding of who owned the house, of who was responsible for the taxes on it, who was responsible for the maintaining it and, and everything. And so we had this meeting in 2019 and we asked if they would um, do something about it. And so they hired an engineer or maybe it was a city engineer, and they inspected the house and they deemed it um, they deemed it unsafe. I actually have a quote here in front of me. Um, from the Historic Preservation Committee at its January 2020 meeting said that the code enforcement supervisor found that um, that it, the house constituted a safety hazard. It was dangerous to live. It was uh, likely cause or contribute to blight, disease, vagrancy, and danger to children, poses an attractive nuisance, has a tendency to attract persons intent on criminal activities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then code enforcement also found that the retaining walls surrounding the property was in dire need of repair. Um, during a city council meeting, the engineer said he remembers that wall from 25 years ago. 25 years ago, that wall was in disrepair. And then it had moved several inches over the course of 25 years. And you may say, well, you know, a wall can move inches in 25 years, it's not a big deal. It's a huge deal for a wall to move six inches <laughs> over 25 years, um, that can alter a foundation of a home, it can alter the entire land out there. So. Long story short, there's been so many problems with this property and so uh, we went through the proper steps to see that it was taken care of and so we had this meeting in 2019 and then in 2020 the Historic Preservation Committee had a meeting and um, I and my neighbors, a few of us spoke to the Preservation Committee and asked that something be done and the Preservation Committee voted in January um what oh jesus what's the term <laughs> it's uh, um condemned no uh, it has been condemned yes but they they voted on a um uh a coa what's that called certificate a, uh,
2: of appropriate thank
0: you so much a certificate i'll just call it a coa um to recommend to the city council that it'd be demolished and so uh we were moving forward and then in june of this year um they went before the city council and the city council had a very lengthy, about a one hour discussion about it. And we spoke again, uh, myself and several neighbors around it. Um, there was a, um, an investor who spoke um, trying to save the, the house. And this was a couple months ago. Um, and the investor asked the city council for a 90 day grace period. The city council asked the investor what their plans were. The city council asked this investor if they understood the cost of repairs if they understood the historic uh, districts um, rules about, you know how houses should look and all the steps you must follow to to be um, to be in a historic district, and um, their answers weren't the the investors' answers weren't very clear. And then there was a real estate agent from Sanford who also spoke, um, said that he had a person, a contractor, interested in um, revitalizing it. When the council asked this real estate agent if they had photos and proof of this guy's work, the uh, the real estate agent said um, that he had deleted them from his phone and that he had them on a thumb drive that he did not have with him. So I bring all this up to say that there was a chance to go before the city council only two months ago and make a case for saving this house. And you had what I felt like was a very attentive city council, um, and they weren't shown enough in that June meeting to to show that this house was worth saving. Also during that meeting, we did have um, Barbara McMillan from Code Enforcement reiterate that the house was uh, had been condemned. So we fast forward until the last few weeks. Um, you know, uh, I had, again, I had used, um, we or, you know, us and the neighbors had used all of the proper channels to to see that this had been done. So again, fast forward to where we are now and uh, the house did come down. And and I think uh, for the people who live directly around the house that this was a good thing. And I know there are some people that think this wasn't a good thing, but let me explain real quick. Um, Very few people, if any, that live in the Rosemount McKeever Historic District advocated for saving this house, very few people, if any. Um, The Rosemount McKeever Historic District is full of people who have purchased and restored old homes and have made the neighborhood better, but also the people of this neighborhood have fought long and hard against blights in this community, whether it's houses that have been abandoned, whether it's um, absentee landlords who are running slum rental homes, Uh, whether it's uh, people not following code enforcement parking right up to their front door, leaving their lawns, you know, six feet high and things like that. The historic district has fought against these things. And, um, and I think it sees the tearing down of this house as a victory because now this land can be used for either building a new house. It can be used as green space. It can be used for any number of things. Um, that's in the city's hands. That's in the, um, whoever's hands, but throughout the whole thing, we had the betterment of our community in mind. And, um, I know people fought to save it and they fought hard. And I just want those people to know that we fought hard as well for what we believe in. And that's where we're at today. So that's the long story of it. And, uh, I appreciate, um, you guys letting me use your podcast and not my own to, uh, yeah, where can we, <laughs> where can we,
2: <laughs> where can we hear oh, this podcast oh. started?
0: I was, I was uh, asleep. What happened? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's like, um, yeah, that's, uh, it that sounds know, like an ordeal. We, we, well, we weren't happy. We, n- nobody was happy to see this coming. We were happy that the city followed through on what it had voted for, um, we were not happy that this was the end result, though. I mean, come on. Like I Nobody said, wants to see a house
2: like that destroyed no. for no reason. No. It just but we came back to it several times that over the course of 11 years, there are a lot of ways to address this issue uh, and, and, and have an outcome different than the one we had but
0: anybody, yeah, and anybody who wants to to go back and look at meeting records and things like that, um, they will find that that we have um, people who had no stake in this at all. People who work for the city, people who work in code enforcement, uh, historic preservation committee. We have people saying that the cost to renovate this house would have been higher than the actual value of the house, and. The retaining wall alone, um, I think some estimates anywhere between forty to fifty thousand dollars to fix this retaining wall. And uh, um, who
1: would have to do that? The city or the owner?
0: Uh, whoever owns the land. Yeah. So if um, you wanted to purchase the property, um, you're already immediately responsible for a forty thousand um, dollar. Now the city could step in and say, "Hey, we'll take care of this." Um, I don't. I'm not even going to pretend to know how all that works. Um. I just know that, that this was 11 years. This is a long time. And, and you know, we, we went through all the proper channels to, to see it happen. And, and uh, I realized that, uh, um, you know, I go back to, I started binging The Wonder Years, which was one of my favorite shows when I was of age. I was actually always the same age as Kevin Arnold in the show. And I was binging it, and right around when all this was happening, they had the episode where um, the kids found out that their old Harper Woods was going to be demolished so they could build a shopping mall in the early '70s. And uh, and back then, I related to Kevin. I was like, "Oh, how could you?" You know, <laughs> you know. Today, I found myself being the evil contractor who was only out for greed and all that, and uh, that's not the case at all. I mean, you know.
2: You- well, I just I want to address something without getting too specific the suggestion that politicians or homeowners or by extension those homeowners businesses stood to somehow financially benefit is it's upsetting because we live in very conspiratorial times but when I see a comment like follow the money (laughs) I have to ask what money I know that the the person who demolished it got paid I don't know of anybody else.
0: Uh, About $11,000. You guys are pro, pro big dozer. (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) Pro destruction.
0: I'm pro, I'm pro, um, being a, being a citizen and, um, and fighting for what you believe in fighting for what you think is going to better your community and, Tell me, related to piece of gate or something? There's people who disagree with it, and um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that because well, there
1: there's um, always going to be people who disagree. I mean, that's what politics are. That's what community engagement is. I mean, you're just going to have to let people disagree with you, you know. And that's why there's like two sides of an issue. You
0: know? There were.
3: I have,
1: um,
0: I, I, I they, have no. For, just for 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 those who think who think otherwise, there were there were a lot of tears. A lot of um a lot of uh worry on the the side of the people who um were seeing that this get done and to suggest otherwise to suggest that there's any impropriety here at all um you know i i ask you please make public records requests please sure. look at all the emails we've sent please look at all correspondence we've had with the city do it please because it's uh yeah it's going to uh um I don't know, we lost Gordon.
1: <laughs> so I have no dog in this fight, and I have, really don't have an opinion on it. Um, but generally speaking, and not just this house, because I've seen the house, I don't really have any you know, feelings for it one way or the other. But yeah. generally speaking, I think that a lot of places are considered historic that shouldn't be. But, I mean, I'm not saying this specific house, but just because a house is 80 years old doesn't mean that it's historic or it has some significant meaning. Right. No, you're, or you're, that it's, like, it's like worth putting a lot of money to save into it,
0: you know? Well, the, the significance of it was that it was a beautiful house.
1: It wasn't. A, I mean, a passing spot. by it, it was a pretty house. I remember when you had the fire there, um, and y'all were disappointed at that time. I mean, you thought, you know, oh, this pretty house has been destroyed in our neighborhood and now yeah. you're kind of on the other side of it.
0: Well, I, again, and this is the last time I'm going to say this figure, but 11 years is too long for, for a, a house to, um to sit like that. And then you can argue that it was structurally sound, but um, it, it was a, uh, it had stood vacant for 11 years after sustaining considerable considerable fire damage and smoke damage and water damage um the roof uh, you, you got 11 years of leaky roofs you've got 11 years of just just a number of of issues here gordon's joining us again um and and, you know, and uh you know you're you're too I, close I'm, to
1: downtown to have a, an empty building
0: and I'm, not, like I'm not. I'm not going to argue whether the house could have been saved or not because I'm not an engineer. And um, and uh, I will say though that code enforcement did did deem the house um, condemned, and it wasn't just because um, of the way it looked. It, they had been inside of it, and I feel like, it's I, like I, said I said though. I, it's, I feel like it's, I talk about it too much. I'm going to talk myself in a corner here. I just wanted to to share uh, really just my side We can cut all this out. There's so much other, there's so many other people who, who, um, who worked toward this. And I understand that it, it's not a happy ending and I'm not saying it is, you know, originally when, um, when we saw the wheels in motion on this, the neighbor who, um, who's lived directly next to it said to me, you know, when this comes down, we'll, we'll have a beer because of the long fight. And, uh, I was like, yeah, sure. And then um, when it did start happening, we were not in any mood for any kind of celebration. Yeah, I mean, it it was a sad day, but, um, you know, now something good can come of it, we hope.
2: They should put an olive garden there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good place for a target. At Hillcrest.
3: (laughs)
2: Well, let's talk rant. What have we had in the past week? We're getting a new Dunkin' Donuts and a Dollar General in Tramway. Correction,
1: we're getting a Dunkin' Donuts in Tramway.
2: Right, because you're in Tramway. Yeah,
1: you guys are not part of the cool kids.
2: Well, Lee County is getting a sixth Dollar
0: General. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. A sixth Dollar General, a seventh McDonald's, and a third Dunkin' Donuts. right. Um, is there, th- I, is there, is there, are there two already Dunkin' Donuts? There's one. No, just the and one. then the, uh, there's a, the one in the gas way. station. There's a yeah. speedway on Horner that has a Dunkin' display. Um, uh, God, my son loves Dunkin' Donuts. So a, a Dunkin' Exclave. <laughs> the Dunkin' Express. Yeah.
1: I wonder, yeah. So, my friends, I guess doing we're, work. we're only we're a Dunkin'
0: town, though we're not a Duck Donuts town. We're just a Dunkin' town. Duck Donuts is not a real thing. Have you? There's heard only like three or whether, four of those. Whether
2: Duck Donuts is still coming to Sanford?
0: I, we need a, <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put money into that. We need a Krispy Kremes. What about Sandra's? <laughs> Sandra's <laughs> is good. Though. Sandra's a dope. Sandra's is dope. They have yeah. a great, great <laughs> coconut. What
1: donut. about that new Hispanic bakery place next near Mundo Latino? Have you seen it? I've never nice. been in there.
2: Um I think uh I think that's an outgrowth of the banker the, the bakery at La Compladora.
1: Oh yeah. That was good too. I went there and
2: I think they ran out of space for the bakery and so they put it across the street. Okay. I so think, don't, don't quote me on that.
1: Yeah. So that Dollar General, that new one, that's gonna cause a lot of weird traffic concerns there. Because people are clearly going to be trying to cut through that parking lot to get to Southern Lee and to San Lee in the mornings.
2: Yeah.
1: It's going to be really a mess. And then you can't turn that way. You have to go
0: all the way around. Is is the Dollar General the one where everything, and it's not really a dollar? Yeah, it's not really a dollar. The Dollar Store, everything's a dollar, right?
2: Yeah. Dollar Tree, everything's a dollar. Dollar Tree. Dollar General has reached the highest rank.
1: Yeah, fa- for, 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 but for
2: ch- so Dollar for.
1: General, Dollar General bought Family Dollar, right? And there's a Family Dollar right across the street from where this Dollar General is going.
0: Well, Where's a, the draw? What is the draw of these places? I mean, I go into them. I they have great like if you need well, they're cheap. party supplies and um, so huh, there it is cheap, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a whole like fight against these things. They they kind of hurt local economies. I think the city of Oakland banned them, or some city in California banned like Dollar Trees and Dollar Generals. Is it
0: because they hurt other stores, or is it because yeah
1: they hurt grocery
0: stores? Subdivisions don't want to see don't want to see dollar stores.
1: It's because of the economy, and they they hurt grocery stores specifically. Hmm. Um. But, yeah, I, I heard a Planet Money podcast on this. I just can't remember it that well. But it was, it was pretty interesting. I just can't remember it. But, uh,
2: yeah, Another story that we uh, posted this week, we have a um, candidate for the Lee County Board of Commissioners, Randy Todd, who has been arrested on charges of assault. The allegation is that he assaulted his stepson. I had reached out to Randy – just prior to the publication of our August edition, as I did all the candidates to get their email address and let them know that I'd be sending questions about the campaign. And he told me that he was unlikely to participate because of the story we wrote about his comments from the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which were that the... uh, The burlesque. The performance looked like Mexican burlesque and they should do it in English next time. (laughs) And that was... That was controversial. so
0: He'll, he'll probably still win. <laughs> well, now he's definitely not going to answer questions from us. Yeah. So what I'll, happens there, Gord? I'll keep, there, I'll does, keep sending does, him. If he's – I mean, what does it take to get kicked off a ballot? Or I
2: don't know, but I don't think this is it. I don't think yeah. there's anything about this that – I mean, again, it's an allegation. It hasn't been proven. He hasn't been convicted of anything.
0: No, I know, but right. well, it just raises the question of what what do you have to do if you are if you make it into you know August, heading into a November election, what has to happen for you to not be on the ballot anymore, aside from resigning?
1: Um, well, if you're convicted of a then, felony, you can't run for office, right?
2: Yeah, and yeah. this is a misdemeanor charge; it's not a felony assault allegation. So, yeah, but so I don't know what it takes to be removed from a ballot, but I think it's very hard. In fact, I think that at like this stage of the election, even if you withdraw from the race, your name is still going to be on the ballot. So, but I don't know whether he'll have any desire to not run. I don't know whether his party will have any desire to have him not run. I don't think that short of being convicted of a felony, I don't know there's much the state can do to remove you from a ballot once you've qualified for it, so. I don't. I don't anticipate anything
0: changing. I've seen people quit a race and they end up still winning. So, right? Who knows? <sighs> Some people will have no idea about any of this. They'll see the R next to his name and. Yep. And vote, vote for
2: him or against him?
0: Yeah. So um, our latest edition came out this week, and uh, cover story was um, about the. Um, Dilapidation, The Demise of River Birch Corner Shopping Center. And uh, I encourage anyone that uh, is interested in that to pick up a copy of The Rant monthly, which can be found throughout Sanford at your favorite grocer or um, other local business. Uh, Or you can find it online at rantnc.com. I think it was
1: very popular. I went to Lowe's Foods last night and there was only like seven copies left out of two big bunches. So that's cool.
0: I think I mean, it was that's a right. There's at- story too. I think a lot of people want to see River Birch become something, but I think everyone understands that um, under current ownership, which, um, long story short, the the current owners who bought it up a few years ago, and Gordon did a lot of reporting on this at the time. Um, the current owners of it are known to buy up strip malls and larger malls, and yeah. very little investment on them, and um and very little upkeep and then try to sell them later down the line for a profit. Cause they usually come in very cheap and that's what, uh, that's what they did here. And um, already you have the uh, uh, Catherine's Hallmark um, who was leaving for Spring Lane Galleria. That was one of the more popular businesses still left standing over there. And um, they're moving because of what's happening around them, but also they, they've been fed up with the ownership. And then you also have um, uh, the new business that moved in, Lily's Restaurant. Um, Mm -hmm. I expected to talk to them and hear great things about why they chose this location and what they're hoping for, but was uh, surprised to hear the guy say, yeah, we've only been here seven weeks and already ownership won't answer any of our complaints about the roof leaking. They won't answer any complaints about air conditioning. Um, And I'm not going to speak for them, but it sounds like. Uh, they're already having problems. Um, and yeah,
1: uh, I went there two nights ago to pick up some dinner from Sarkis there in the corner. That's a mm-hmm. busy. that's a pretty busy place. Um, but that's like the only thing left in that. <laughs> I mean, those two restaurants and the belk, I guess the belk is what's well, keeping it alive.
0: Yeah, dry cleaners, belk, and then on the other side, you have a couple like a Beth just. The Bed, Bath & Beyond? No, bed, no, no, no. Bath, bath & and Body, and Body, Body Works. Yeah, that's... It's really strange that that is.
1: has uh, there for It's so popular, long. though. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, well, that's it,
0: pretty much. I didn't know that J.C. JCPenney
1: closed there. My wife told me. And then, like, how are they making money? I guess they're... So they're cutting their costs uh, enough to... Like, that's why they're not fixing anything, right? Because they're not... Yeah. Gordon and I um Gordon was Sweet,
0: out there with squeezing me taking, blood from the stone, yeah Gordon was out there with me taking pictures, and we found a, an old discarded Bojangles cup in the parking lot in the um kind of in the shrubbery and Gordon, I didn't think anything of it, but then Gordon pointed out he said, "You know Bojangle's cups are yellow, right and I said, "Yeah, <laughs> and this one had been bleached white and brown it had been out uh. there for so long. <laughs> Well, there's that Walgreens there, but I guess they're moving too, right? They're moving over to Spring Lane as well. Yeah.
1: Are they the moving in I, that? Yeah, that empty building there as you turn in. Is that the bank?
0: The old bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, one thing, and John, you're not aware of this. When Billy first suggested this, this idea for cover story, I was on board, but about a week later, I started fighting him tooth and nail on it, and I lost. But I just decided I was against this doing this story because I found out that Billy Liggett lives two doors down from River Birch.
1: <laughs> hey, wait a minute. You live closer to River Birch than him. Smoke yeah. bomb. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah. And then Wilkinson's moved. Right. And mm-hmm. then there's no way the theater comes back in its that current movie, form. The right? movie
0: theater has been, um, it's, it's, Barely hanging, I, I think. This is my observation. It's barely hanging on. It's uh um
1: But you got the the first bank and the credit union are very popular there. The Applebee's is popular. Something could move in there somewhere and make you know and make a go of it.
0: Well, yeah, it's certainly an area that has potential. Uh one of the arguments um in talking to people from the Chamber of Commerce and Saga was uh the house values and the uh, the family income in the mile directly surrounding uh, River Birch is the highest in Sanford. So some of the highest yeah. earners in Sanford live closest to this. Yeah. Yet you're seeing all the growth in the south side of the city or in Tramway. And now even in parts of the north side um, over where they just built the first health facility and now you've got a hotel coming up um, near the the oaks apartments and so i mean i think that's the beginning of something up in the deep river area with the subdivisions coming but it just seems like west sanford um that's the one spot that that river birch spot and wilkinson in the movie theater um it's just it's dying and i didn't really get into everything around it also dying but you know it's it's very much the case and it's a it's definitely a huge property. Um, you've got the greenway that that runs through it, and the greenway is yeah. used a lot. Um, I could see it becoming something, but uh, this, seems this, like it'd
1: be a nice place for like a mixed use or even residential. Like a I know there's the apartments behind it that are nice, the Forest Creek or whatever. It is. Oh yeah, I feel like if if Falls you just Creek. did away with Falls the strip Creek,
0: mall, maybe you kept Belk where it is because it's kind of in two parts. But you know Belk, but you can certainly turn that whole left side of it into something like apartments or townhomes or, um, or some kind of community that, you know, it's, it's a gorgeous area. It sits on, sits on a hill overlooking US one. And, uh, you know, you got the greenway right <laughs> <Beautiful> there. <highways. laughs> it's a
1: beautiful, beautiful house um, on a hill. I guess, right, I'm, just
0: trying, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, to say positive things i'm just saying it it can be it can become something, but under current ownership that's not going to happen and so I mean you look at like her.
1: wilkinson Wilkinson will be like i mean I, I don't know that a new car dealership would go in there, I bet like a used car dealership will um, and yeah. i'm not sure how nice that'll be, but um, the you know that whole area can comes can a Costco. <laughs> The movie theater, yeah, it could become like a well a big old empty box that's what it could become.
2: They need to put a Texas steakhouse there.
1: They should
0: put an olive gardens there, so with, with the, an apostrophe, so the point of of a story like that though is we're not we're not writing it to say something can be done. We're not writing it to say um, you know're we investigating why it all happened. It's pretty much just it's a story saying this is where it's at. And it's unfortunate that it's gotten to this point and I wish there were answers to it, but in, in doing the reporting and I reached out to the, to the group that owns it and they're not answering, they've got newspapers all over the nation asking the same question. Why are you running our mall into the ground? They're not answering any of that. So it, it's, the outlook is not good for river birch and I'm just curious to see what, what does happen to Belk. um, Yeah. What does happen to roses, which I, I mean, yeah, I guess they're doing well, but you don't really ever see a ton of cars on for that either.
2: No. Well, you but, wouldn't unless you were going there or Elizabeth's Pizza, because it's not really a place you can see from yeah. the road.
0: Yeah. So while we have parts of Sanford are, are just really booming and and uh, housing is good and and business is good, it's just it's still one area where um, it's just. For whatever reason, and it's just odd that it's it's that area when you consider the houses around it are are some of the um, most uh, valuable houses in the city. So anyway, we just thought it was a a neat story, and um, yeah, it was popular. I'm I'm happy. happy
1: yeah, I think that. it was.
0: What else was in this issue?
1: Uh, My top five Charlie Daniels songs. Did you like right. that? Yeah you Have any qualms over my list,
0: or did you even read it? I read it. <laughs> I didn't know any of the songs, though. I heard "Long Haired Country Boy," though.
2: Yeah, heard that one. Thematically problematic, I think you said,
0: John.
1: I did say that about uh, the South's going to do it again. Oh, uh, that's yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah. when so when you don't have we do uh, what? when we are local paper and you don't have access to photos from Associated Press and things like that you have to use what photos are available and so uh, Charlie, Daniel, Charlie Daniels website allows for free use photos and I chose the one of him without the hat because I think it's the first time I'd ever seen him not wearing a hat black I white. really like the one you yeah. picked the, yeah. the,
1: the black and white one that was a nice yeah. one. I, I,
0: thought I thought he came with a, that hat a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow do you think he was buried in the hat I don't know the hat, the sunglasses, and the and the fringe vest. Richard Petty will have to be buried in the hat, right? That's his whole thing. And at least the sunglasses.
1: Yeah, maybe the sunglasses. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, gentlemen, uh, we are well over an hour on this, and, uh, you know, I like talking to you guys, but not that much.
1: Whatever. You said we weren't even friends
0: acquaintances I regret, I regret that you guys are definitely my friends oh the, the term best. stop friend, it the Don't term stop best it. friend is, is a funny term though because you all have your best friends and like oh said, see see that's what it was you were like you know you, you didn't think you,
3: you well yeah the story
0: came power. out and then immediately like a minute later i get a call from my best friend from texas he's like hey what's going on here <laughs> I'm, like, uh, I, I'm uh <laughs> see how you are billy Smoke bomb. They misquoted me.